I was just saying. I don't care about your opinion. I just well, I'll tell you what I think. What's that you're saying? Would you just listen? I don't think so. Remember, ladies, one must not get one's knickers in a twist. I just... Please listen. Shh. I'm trying to help you. Listen. I don't think so. Excuse me. Well, I don't care. I don't care. Listen. Shut up and listen. Oh my god, you guys! Hi, it's me, Heather Matarazzo, and welcome to another episode of Shut Up and Listen. There is going to be an advertisement in this episode, um, but as I had let you guys know, I will only, you know, agree to promote things that I myself have used and I think are fucking awesome. And so, yeah, look forward to that later. We'll see how it goes. It's going to be my first one ever. Um, but back to the most important thing, which is the woman that's sitting right next to me. And she is the final of the three that has now come on. Lady to ladies, Tess Barker. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. That was very party girl. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm really good. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for having me. Oh my God. Thanks for being here. And you had texted that you were going to be running a few minutes late and I had texted back. I was like, do you like margaritas? And you were like, yeah. Hell yes. This is like exactly my cup of tea. Like a margarita late afternoon on a summer day. A few things as satisfying as that. That is true. I would say that. A great orgasm. Oh yeah, that's true. Like an afternoon masturbation session. Yeah, but how about either one of those things and then a margarita? And then a margarita. Yeah. Yes. That I am actually gonna have to schedule all that. Yeah, I recommend it. <laughs> I mean that's the only that's the true happy hour. <laughs> yeah, that is that is the happy hour, that is the magic hour. It's that, the happiest of hours. Afternoon sex really is where it's at. Tag, tag along. along. Do you agree? Do you want the collar? Rutro, I am like Rutt-row. obsessed with his ears. Her. Oh, sorry. It's okay. We use proper gender pronouns on the show. Fair enough. Um, though I I did fuck that up quite a bit when I was first doing this because I know that Tagalong is a girl and yet I still would refer to her as a he and I've learned my lesson. She has a masculine energy kind of. Well, she's just so tiny that she's scrappy as fuck. Exactly. Yeah. Um but I want to get back to afternoon sex before Tagalong chimed in. <laughs> you know, Tagalong, what do you have to say about it? Do you have any thoughts? He says he's going to chew his toy. Her, Her toy. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. It won't stick. There we go. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll get it. We'll get it by the end. Um, <clears throat> so but I feel like everyone, sex is usually depicted as a nighttime activity. But if you can pull it off, daytime is the time to have sex. What about morning? Morning, I like, that feels like more of a novelty, though. That's not a good go-to. I mean, I think partially because of my caffeine addiction. Mm. To me, morning sex, you have to do, like, as soon as you wake up. And for me, I would actually rather have coffee than sex when I first wake up. (laughs) (laughs) I would rather have coffee than sex when I wake up. If I'm being honest. Well, I'm grateful that you are. (laughs) You know, it's... I feel though that like I personally a love afternoon sex and probably around like four 
like mm-hmm. four ish. Um, like not early afternoon because I'm like I saw too much stuff to do. Exactly. But like so, like early afternoon, or like late afternoon, early evening. Yeah, because then you can like take a shower, go get some food. Get on with your night. I mean, it's just like the perfect timing because yeah, I don't know about you, but like I've, even when I was a kid, I always got really tired at like three or 4 PM. So it's not a very productive time for me. Yeah. So I'd rather just use that time to hook up. No, I, I get that. Well, also like, because you're in school until three or four. Yeah. But I used to come home from school and just nap. I've always just been very tired at 4 PM. I, I can understand that. Are you an early riser? Um, yeah, I'm an early riser and I like to stay up late. Like I like being awake at times when everyone else is asleep. Same here. Like what time do you normally go to bed? <sighs> 1 a.m. is probably my favorite bedtime. Mm. How about you? Probably like around like one or two or three. Also like depending on if I'm having sex and yeah. so for how long. Yeah. That'll um, factor in. If I'm working on something, I really like staying up all night. Uh, that I agree with. I think I'm one of the few people that actually loves night shoots. Me too. Yeah. I find I get really focused and I just, there's this kind of like high that I get like, it's like this adrenaline rush from being awake at that hour. And, and it doesn't, it feel good to like finish hard work as the sun is coming up. Fuck. Yes. And I'll say this though, <clears throat> that when I was in my like late teens, early twenties and I was living in New York, And I would go out with friends and then stay out until six or seven o'clock in the morning. Um, I remember feeling though so gross when I came home and went to bed. I like didn't like the fact that I was seeing corporate America dressed and going to Starbucks and going to work. Really? It made me feel so gross and scuzzy. See that? I've had those mornings in New York and I've had, I have to say the opposite Feeling, I feel kind of superior to everyone that is commuting mm-hmm. into work. So I'm like, how lucky that I don't have to go to a cubicle right now and that I still smell like alcohol and like I just had a really fun night and then they all have to go to work and I'm going to go home and take a shower and go to sleep. See, and that for me though, it makes me feel like, and I really don't feel this way anymore, but I felt like I was losing a day and it made me feel like I was like such a fucking loser because... I would then sleep until like two or three o'clock. But also I have to be fair that a lot of this, I was doing the women on Broadway at that time. And so you have like, you have to get to the fucking stage door at seven o'clock for like half hour. And then you're doing a play until 11 o'clock and then, or like 1115. And then everybody's up and they're feeling incredible, but especially if you've had an incredible show and then, the whole entire cast goes out and then you're out until like two, three, four. Um, God, but like thinking about that now, I'm exhausted even just thinking. Yeah. About I don't know how I did that. I wonder if it's probably partially New York. I mean, I think it's just easier to do that in New York than it is here. Do you live in New York? I've lived there for like, like three and four month stretches. Okay. When was yeah. the last time you had a three or four month stretch? Uh... Gosh, I guess now six years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not really my city. It's, <laughs> it, I, you know, I was just talking with somebody today about New York and they were talking about how they are probably going to plan on moving from New York to Los Angeles. 
And I was like, yeah, man, I felt like my soul was slowly dying. Yeah. And I remember like thinking that, oh, I'm sure that after I move from New York to L.A., I will have like nostalgic feelings for desiring to be in the city and like, bah, 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 bah. I remember last August I was shooting a movie in Pennsylvania and I had a long weekend <clears throat> and I went to New York and it was humid as fuck. And I remember feeling like, yeah, I don't miss this at all. I don't miss the city at all. And it really hit me when I saw the skyline in the plane and mm -hmm. it didn't feel like my home. It didn't feel like my city because I feel as though it's changed so fucking much. Like I lived there from 2001 until 2014. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like really formative years. Yeah. Like, like it, it raised me. Right. Like it raised me and I'm very, very grateful for the experiences that I had. And then I was like, I want nature and I want peace and I want quiet and I don't want to work my ass off just to live here. It's like being with a really bad boyfriend. It is. You're putting so much energy into something that you don't have to put energy into. And I feel like the culture there it encourages this thing of like, we're New Yorkers. We can handle this. We can handle anything. And it's like they, when you're living there, you prize that expansion of energy when like really you can do so much more with that energy if it's not like exhausting your entire day to go to Dwayne Reed and then pick up a couch. Absolutely. And there's a, there's a, I no longer desire to commiserate with other individuals and our collective misery while waiting for the subway. No, you know, or like whatever the fuck. And it doesn't mean that there, I, I had an experience like, so many beautiful moments in New York because I, I definitely had and I have in terms of connection, in terms of um, when shit happens, you know, and like people like rally together and, you know, they don't give a fuck. Um, and at the same time, I don't need it in my life. I don't need the energy in my life. I, it gets to come out when it needs to come out, especially with business stuff, you know, or especially it definitely taught me and I'm getting to utilize it in a new way in terms of <clears throat> boundaries, especially where I'm living right now, um, <clears throat> where I, I look for everyday objects that I can possibly use as weapons, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like sitting outside and having a fucking coffee, um, so it definitely helped me in terms of boundaries and be like, fuck you. Right. Like, get the fuck out of here. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck in that sense, which I'm grateful for. And I got that from. And just you don't get that coming from here because I'm from here. And it's interesting because I think you spend so much time alone here. Everyone thinks that this is like a really social city, but actually I, f I think you're alone like a lot. Most people are alone like a lot. Of I day. haven't left my house today. Right. You're my first human interaction, aside from the delivery guy that delivered me something today. Right? And, yeah, that that's pretty much it. So it's like we don't have those skills because we don't hone that. So then when something happens, I think it's even more rattling. Or, like, people, like, you feel like 
I think I think people here are less comfortable, like you said, asserting their boundaries <clears throat> and telling people to fuck off. Yeah, and it's and <clears throat> it's it's done in in a completely different way, and it also makes me think. So we just got back from Europe, and the experience in Europe of getting to sit down at a cafe or a restaurant for like two and a half hours, like two and a half, three hours, and they leave you the fuck alone. And you have to like ask for what you want. Like if you want a refill of wine or like whatever the fuck and want to order something else. And I found, I found even just being here, being back like the past like week and a half, there was such an invasion of space, especially in that regard in terms of <clears throat> taking shit and checking in and ba 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 ba. It's so like when we talk about boundaries and you know thinking about like people in LA because they do that they 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 um, are New Yorkers are more similar to Europeans in that sense where they will just leave you the fuck alone because they don't have time to deal with your shit either usually in like a New York like in a restaurant in Manhattan it's just like I just need to turn this table. Here's your food. Let's go. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, but they're not checking in every five minutes. No. Being like you done, you done, you done. Like there's a respect of space. Yeah. Which I really do fucking appreciate. Yeah. Um, and also I think that it's <clears throat> in Los Angeles. What I found is there's almost an apologetic culture. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. But not sorry. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> um, and it's 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 insincere um and it's inauthentic and part of me is like well what the fuck would you expect in a town like this exactly um and i'm just speaking specifically of like the entertainment portion not like la as a whole because there's like a ton of fucking brilliant people here that have nothing to do with the entertainment industry um but And I guess that is everywhere, but I, I feel as though to a certain degree there's there's a vapidness that I've I've recognized. In LA. In LA. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm from here, so it's like so hard for me to recognize. Like to yeah. me that's just like the normal baseline. Well, I'm talking about this. Like going to a coffee bean and tea leaf, which I like never go to. But right. I remember this one specific experience of being at a coffee bean and tea leaf and sitting outside. And there was a young woman that was kind of diagonal from me with another young woman. And she was reading her cards. Like these like goddess cards. And like you'll see, like I have like, I'm like very spiritual in that way. And I will pull cards and whatever the fuck. But, like, listening to this woman talk to this other woman, and A, it was so general, and B, I think getting to see that there is a certain percentage that I found of people that that use their spirituality as... Um, like a mask and something to hide behind. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And they use it and they're just using it to be like fucking superior. And 
manipulative and it's fucked up and to feed their egos and, and yeah. to turn it into like a currency yeah not to me as like i've never i never found that in new york that's a very like la thing i think you see that in the pacific northwest though too but in sort of a different way because in la there's there is also i think with a lot of that stuff there is sort of like you can't really escape the entertainment industry here so I think there are a lot of people who come here to get into the entertainment industry and then find themselves going down that path sort of instead. Yeah. Um, I mean, because like, I think there's a lot of inherent uncertainty in entertainment. And so a lot of people that are drawn here to do that turn to sort of like spiritual endeavors, I think initially to get through the experience of being an actor or get through the experience of being a writer and then just end up in that. So they still sort of have that like need to be seen in that vanity but now it's just manifesting there. Yeah. And I guess for me, it's, you know, I've had enough experiences in my life um, <clears throat> to A, say, I don't know. And B, I've had enough experiences in my life that cannot be explained. They cannot be explained. And I've like Paul Selig is someone who is like a channeler that like, yeah, I'm going to fucking plug because he's brilliant. Um, and he was a New Yorker, you know, and like his, his stuff was like very, very, very quiet. You know, like I, I've, I've had experiences in that vein and I guess just getting to see that like there is a pocket of individuals, especially in LA that I feel like prey on vulnerable individuals. Definitely. I mean, and that's they what might not even be aware of it. Depending you know on I mean? the person, but definitely. Yeah. Um, Definitely. And that to me, just on one hand, I'm like, yes, everybody needs to live their life and like whatever. And I'm sure there's something within me that is like, I see something within the person I am judging, obviously, because otherwise I wouldn't judge them. Right. Um, Which I think sometimes for me is that like, I will intuitively feel like I know what's going on with somebody and like, well say it and it's probably usually after I've had like a drink or two and I feel very loose um but also like so I guess that so that's the thing too is that that fear of oh shit have I gone too far I don't know I always like now whenever I judge somebody I I I really I really am like what is it within me what are they showing me that I don't like about myself that's good that you yeah I don't think I'm quite there I would like to be there Sometimes I'm able to catch myself and ask that, but then sometimes I'm so like, just no, like obviously it's important that I judge this person. Like, obviously it's important that my point of view is right, that they're wrong, but it's all, you're right. That's where it is. does come from, but I don't always catch myself when I'm doing that. Yeah. And I think that there's a big difference between like, there's somebody that, oh, drive me up a fucking wall. Like, up a mother fucking wall and I can see deep inside to the truth of who they are and they're lovely but what I refuse to engage in is their defensiveness and their um protection mechanisms you know what I mean like it's not my job to break it down for them in that way and have them see the truth. Nor would you probably be able to, right? Like it's like there's some knots in your back that only you can release. 
Yes. It's like you can go to the best masseuse in the world, but you're really the only one who can feel where it is and how it needs to get out. Yes. But like what I won't do, like I can have understanding and also I can like set a boundary and like have like very, very, very like, nope. Yeah. Nope. I can, I can see it and I can have compassion and I can have understanding, but absolutely fucking not. You're not bringing that shit to me. Are you, do you think that you're like clairsentient? What does that mean? It's like, um, it's basically being an empath, but like you, um, like I just recently found out what it is and I'm pretty sure I am one, but it's like, um, you're just able to pick up, you're very sensitive to other people's energies and what's going on with them. And so like, if you spend time with someone who's kind of like going through some shit, you might feel like you'll leave their company and like an hour later, you're like, why am I so bummed out? And like, you've Not taken. Anymore. Not anymore. I used to do that all the time. Um, <clears throat> And it was like we were, we had been talking about like a bit ago where now that I feel like I really fully am in my life, like it's my life, it's no one else's, it's mine. I'm very protective over it in this sense. My boundaries are very strong and I, <clears throat> there is like this goddess that's name is Durga. And I always say Durga, like No not fucking today because I, I had, I have my first 33 years of, of essentially being like a pack mule for other people's feelings and emotions and everything where literally my life wasn't mine. Like it was not mine. My selfhood wasn't mine. Body, everything like there was no ownership over it. Right. Um, and what I mean by that is I always belonged to other people. And I was almost like I felt like their property. And I had no say. And if anything, it was be grateful that somebody would even desire to take ownership. Right. Um, and, and that idea of yeah, there was just like a fuck ton of shit. And then I just got like, nope, like mine, mine, like mine, like all mine, like every, all mine. And, um, and so I feel as though now I'm getting to have this experience with the universe, whatever the fuck you want to call it, where <clears throat> I'm learning the truth about self um, in relationship to all that is. And... <clears throat> It, I'm like, I like so many thoughts about this. <laughs> like I had this experience and I think maybe I've shared about it on here before, but maybe I haven't, you know, um, in my twenties, like I was like sober and ba 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 ba, And it was very like really threw myself into like the world of spirituality and whatever. And I started having these like insane experiences. And one of them I'd had a dream about a friend and in the dream, 
I saw that she was at the doctor and the doctor was prescribing her a medication that involved getting injections. Mm. And when I say friend, I really mean like acquaintance, not somebody I'm close with at right. all. And the next day I saw them and they were talking with somebody else and they were like, oh, I actually can't do that tomorrow because I'm going to the doctor. I was like, that is so fucking weird. I like just had a dream about you last night and like you were going to the doctor and he was giving you this injection and this was the name of the medication. You remember the name of the medication? I don't. I fucking like this was back. But you probably, did at the time? Yeah. It was like back in like 2009, nine or 10 when this happened. And this person like is very lovely, like very loving and whatever, but also <clears throat> is very rational and it's very like whatever um and i remember she'd called me the next day and left me a message on my machine and she was like heather um i just want to let you know that um i just went to the doctor and he prescribed that medication and injections are a part of it weird and your dream <clears throat> help me to get comfortable with that before in like some way. And I've had like countless, I've had countless experiences in that sense, like either in terms of precognitive dreams or experiences where I've dreamt of people who have passed. Um, and, and there have been like messages for other people, like a friend of mine that like had committed suicide. I dreamt of, I'd had a dream um, that was so specific, like the night that she took her own life and she jumped from a five-story building. And in the dream, there was this little girl. I remember it so specifically. And she was coming out of a house and there were these four stairs. So like, you know, like they have those like back doors to houses or whatever the fuck and those like little stairs and I was like, hey, um, how old are you? And she was like, I'm in the first grade. He said, I didn't ask you what grade you were, and I asked you how old you were. And she said, I'm in the first grade. And I remember thinking in the dream that this was teaching me a moment where it's when you ask something, what are you really asking? Oh, interesting. And I remember then... <clears throat> turning and I remember looking at the sky and the sky had green stars and blue stars and yellow stars and red and orange like all of these different colors and these stars would you know come together in like a dense mass and then explode and it was so beautiful and this girl I remember was looking down and I said don't look down look up look up like look at the sky look at the stars like look up look up and then she talked about her doctor it's where it's like a doctor theme um she had like talked about her doctor and she said ask doctor whatever and I have this recorded like I I like went through a long period of time where I would record my dreams right when I woke up um because they were so vivid and and then I remember leaving her and then I went and I was walking a dog, a pig, and a bear on a leash. 
And then I woke up. And I woke up and a friend of mine had called. She was really upset. And I was like, what's going on? What's up? She said, so-and-so um, just killed themselves. Like, found their body this morning. Like, had jumped. And in that wow. moment, I, like, remembered, like, don't look down. Look up. Look up. And, um, <clears throat> you know, some people might say, like, yeah, well, that has nothing to do with, like, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But again, it's, it's, um, you can't tell anybody else about what their experience is, you know, right. and whatever the fuck, because, you know, like, <clears throat> I just know for me that like, I've had way too many experiences like Paul Selig, for example, um, who's this channeler who's incredible. He's absolutely, absolutely incredible. And he has like these incredible books. I had met him when he had just been kind of starting out and he looked so familiar to me and I didn't know why. And at the time I had been desiring to find my birth brother. I was like, when am I going to find him? And he said, um, don't, he's going to, he's going to find you. He's going to find you don't you don't have to worry about looking and he gets this information from what he deems what they call themselves the guides and his voice completely changes it's fucking crazy um and he was absolutely correct like almost two years later to the day like my birth brother had found me via facebook wow yeah like insane did you feel that you could trust that like just from hearing it you were were you able to let it go or as open as i am i'm also very skeptical yeah You know, but that's also because I felt like for a time I had been dealing within the parameters of a universe that, while very loving, what I deemed to be love looked like we're doing this for your own good because you need to be taught a lesson in humility. Right. You need to be taught a lesson in this or that or ba 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 ba. Um and sometimes it would even sound more gentle than that, but it was always the same. And it had also been reinforced that you know we're not allowed to question. You know like that thing of like <clears throat> God's ways are mysterious, like his methods, whatever the fuck. You know, like, we're not here to question God. Like, we don't know. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and I I had always, I, I had always, like, wrestled that. So getting to be able to have experience um, with others that had access to that on one hand was, like, incredible. And then on the other hand, I was like, I think y'all are full of shit. I think you're so full of shit. But then I, I, I felt like, how the fuck then do I account for my own personal experiences? And that's when I was like, am I going crazy? Because this shit is happening and other people are validating it. Right. But it also doesn't make sense to me. I like don't understand. What, is, what does this have to do with my life? What is this? why is this happening? Like what's happening? I, I need I think to it's know probably more. happening to everyone. Yeah. I just think that some people have, um, have been able to quiet themselves enough to hear it. And I guess for me, then it, for me, like at that time it was, I would have these very crazy, insane experiences, but then 
the the things the tangible things that I really needed like a job were nowhere to be found right and so I was like I don't understand on one hand this shit's happening and then I'm praying to the universe and I'm like ba 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 and then I'm in such terror so it was like it's almost like for me I felt like when you're conditioned to be with a parent that you really want, you, you really want to trust and like you really desire to love. Um, and you can have really beautiful moments with, and then on the other hand, you're terrified because like, you know that ultimately you're not the one in control and they're the ones that are calling the shots and you know that some of those shots have been downright terrifying. Right. You're like, I don't want to die today. Like, I don't want to die. Um, and not wanting to upset them. And wanting to keep them pleased and wanting to appease them. Like, really, because you just don't want to die. And that's what I feel like my relationship was with the universe. Um, and I think that for a long time, it was a reflection of my relationship with my family that makes sense you know um and once I you know had my own personal experiences and whatever the fuck you know and broke ties with you know um and that doesn't even feel appropriate to say doesn't feel correct it doesn't feel honest once I cut the cord of toxicity and I went through the process of getting healed and getting clear. And, and I don't mean Scientology. That was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're a Scientologist, I apologize. Um, Me? Yeah, I'm definitely a Scientologist. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and not that there's like, listen, man, like, like, whatevs. There's like a lot of tenant. There's a lot of things about Scientology that I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But I also know that like fucking L. Ron Hubbard, like, from every single thing I've read is like a fucking charlatan. Yeah. Um, but I don't think, I mean, this is kind of a controversial point, but like what, whenever I watch stuff about Scientology or anything like that, to, I don't find it to be dramatically different from something like Catholicism, except maybe in like how old it is. Well, also here's the difference too, right? You're not going to, you're not going to mass and, having to pay well no they do have to pay thousands of dollars you know to learn about like fucking like saint paul or mother mary or like whatever that's true you're not but paying for confession you're not paying for confession but one of my favorite cities in the world is rome i like love rome italy i want to have an apartment there someday and one thing that i find really striking there is like you can actually see it in the topography of the city where there's all these old ancient ruins. I mean, the Colosseum used to be covered in marble and then the Vatican t- came and took all of that and built the Vatican. So you can see it's like on one side, there's all this gold and marble and more priceless art than you could ever know what to do with mm-hmm. it. And here this, even like this new Pope is supposed to be this progressive Pope who's on this platform about poverty, but it just seems disingenuous when there's, so much priceless art in your capital. You have so much money and so much capital. So I guess it's not like Scientology and that every single member isn't paying that kind of a tithing, but I feel like as a society, 
we are kind of like hoarding all of this money in this one place and it feels like a theft of some kind. No, I completely, completely, completely understand that. And I think that both are ruled in fear. Yes. Like I was raised Roman Catholic. Same. Yeah. Yeah. So it's raised under the guise of you got to be a good girl, you're not allowed to question shame as a motivator. Oh my God. Like, holy fuck balls. Um, yeah, like, yeah. Um, such a, such a huge fucking motivator. And I think that there is something to be said about like spiritual PTSD. That's a real definitely. And we don't address it enough because I think that's still for as much as we have become a little bit, obviously more of a secular society. It's still kind of taboo really to even question religion or talk about the possible damage that is incurred when someone is raised in a religious household. Oh, it's, it's atrocious. It's absolutely, absolutely atrocious. And you know, here's the thing is that, Yes, there is there's definitely something to be said about getting to respect other people's faiths and and whatnot and ba 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 you know and I I think that there is definitely something to be said about if there is something that brings hope to millions of people that's incredible mm-hmm. and that's amazing um and with that though it's When you're in such fear, right, and you're essentially starving, and all you desire is to have enough, and and you're told that there is a there's something that is um, like suffering is virtuous, mm-hmm. like to suffer is to be virtuous. Um, You know, because then, like, you got heaven, right? So I feel like a lot of people spend their whole entire lives just waiting to die, Mm -hmm. you know, and they they put up with the misery of their lives because at least one day, like, I'll get to heaven. Like, one day, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. And I think part of that is because inherent in that dogma is this sort of stigma around enjoying your life. Oh, having pleasure of any... Kind. Why would pleasure be pleasurable if we weren't supposed to feel it? And I, but, but here's the thing. <clears throat> and I've said this again and again on this podcast, and it really is probably the greatest thing that's ever been said to me. Definitely top three. So when I had my like first MDMA experience, um, that was to help me work with my, PTSD from early sex trauma. And I really did feel like I got my body back and self back for the first time. The person that I was working with said to me, do you want to know like the greatest secret in the universe? I said, yeah. And he said, the truth always feels good. Yes. And if you've grown up, under um the belief and it's been ingrained in you that to feel good is wrong that to feel good um is not only wrong but it's shameful and to be caught feeling good in any way shape or form that is not considered acceptable by others 
you are going to be severely, severely punished. And so I feel as though we've been taught, or at least I was taught in a, in a huge variety of ways that I equated feeling good with shame. I equated feeling good and feeling pleasure and being in pleasure, um, was something that I had to steal in moments. Mm -hmm. It couldn't be mine. And that I was there to service everybody else's pleasure because my pleasure didn't matter. And that my role was to make (coughs) other people feel good as a, this is the role that you've been assigned, um, because you've been taken in. And so again, like you are not yours. Right. And, and that you have to go by, and I see that I'm even disassociating as I'm talking about this because I'm saying you and not me. (laughs) Um, Oh, for fuck's sakes. Um, but it's grateful that I'm, I'm grateful to, to have had that experience right this second. Um, because like to feel good and to truly feel in pleasure, like is the ultimate sin, you know, because it's, um, cause it means that you're free. Exactly. You don't need them if you no have one. that. Yeah. Yeah. It means you're bound to no one but self. Yeah. And, and that's their worst nightmare. And that is their worst nightmare because then how are you able to control? Exactly. How are you able to keep people in line? You and can only do is, that in fear. And the truth is, if religion kept people in line, we wouldn't have the experiences that we've had. A, that's since, right. Yeah, exactly. Know, yeah. If you need to be told that um, treating someone like shit is wrong and that it's a sin. Um, if that's the only thing that's going to keep you in line and even then it doesn't even fucking matter. And the biggest fucking hypocrites of that are like the fucking GOP and every other fucking person, not every, but the majority, I feel like almost every single fucking Trump voter, every single Trump voter where (laughs) you just keep modifying it almost. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's, (laughs) you know, you can't claim to go to your fucking mega church. You know, raising your fucking hands, you know, and then feeding like homeless people like one Saturday a fucking month and like, you know, patting your own fucking back. And then just be so happy about hurting so many people. Yeah. Where it's where where it's like you were supporting then when Jesus fucking like overturned those fucking tables, the tax collectors. You know, he hung out with fucking hookers. He hung out with fucking lepers. He hung out with like the outsiders and the underdogs. And also Jesus is not white. FYI. He's not white and he doesn't have fucking blue eyes. He might not have existed. Historical Jesus, I would say, I would say exists. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised but i mean just the canon the bible as we know it was just um well that's very but that's very very different yeah like the bible is because we're you're talking about two completely different things there's like historical jesus that like there's enough evidence to say that like yes he existed you know versus the biblical narrative which 
A was rewritten in the time of fucking Constantine. Right. Where like originally, and that's where you have the lost gospels. You have the gospel of Thomas. You have the gospel of Mary, Mary Magdalene. Yeah. You have the gospel of Mother Mary. Um, and the only gospels that were kept and like the one that I fucking hate so much is like Saul who became Paul, who I think was like a fucking like self-loathing fucking gay man that hated women. Like, he hated fucking women. Like, that's just my personal feeling about it. Yeah, I wonder where this hatred of women... I was talking with a friend about this recently, because I do sort of... I think partially... And I wasn't even raised in a very strict Catholic house, which is being raised in it at all. And in, like, an extended family that was very Catholic, I still have so much resentment towards not just Catholicism, but organized religion. Like, I view it as a very destructive thing. And um, who were we just talking about? We were talking about Saul who became Paul. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And so I was talking to a friend of mine about, I was like, to me, I I view a lot of of the world's misogyny as rooted in organized religion. Oh, fuck yes. I mean, why is that the one thing that we cannot question, but inherent in it is looking at half of the world's population as inferior. Mm -hmm. And And she said, well, back in ancient Greece, women were also treated as less than citizens. And so I was like, well, what was it that... When was that turning point that was like we were something to be feared or looked down upon? Is it the babies thing? No. I mean, well, here's the deal, right? I used to have this encyclopedia of goddesses. Such a fucking good book. Such a good book. I should actually order it again. Oh, and speaking of books, you guys, speaking of books, (laughs) I have something so exciting to actually share with you. Um, And it's actually... Again, it's like really cool. So, chat books. Chat books. What the fuck is chat books? So, chat books is this really awesome thing that um, essentially you can get like 60 photos of like your posts from Instagram that like are automatically printed and it can include like captions and dates and locations. Um, and you can have like multiple. For- photo sources in one book and like multiple people adding photos to one book. So, so here's the thing. And this is just for me. I have no baby pictures. I have no baby pictures of me other than like two. Um, because like I was adopted and like, I didn't, I didn't have like any photos. So like right. photos have always been a really, really huge thing for me. And I don't have any photos of me as a kid unless you count the movies that I've done. <laughs> You know, so I've always, always loved photos and I've always loved photography. And like for me, like books, I love hardcover books. I never got into like the fucking like ebook thing. I always wanted to have like a hardcover thing that I could see, that I could touch, that I could highlight. Um, And the same thing goes for photos. And I always wanted to have photo albums, but again, everything is digitalized and I am lazy. I'm a lazy, lazy person. Um, Meaning that I don't have the time, nor do I have the desire to go to a site and look up all this stuff and pick the photos and do the thing and blah, blah, blah. And do I want mad or do I want flat? And like, that like by the time I'm halfway done, I'm exhausted and I've given up. Um, So here's where chat books is really incredible. So, Essentially, you can just sign up and you can just get these series of books that just ship to you. It's so 
fucking cool. Um, and I'm like in the middle of like getting some of mine, which I'm really excited about. So it's 60 pages for only eight bucks. There's free shipping in the U S and so you can automatically create photo books from your Instagram, Facebook, or a camera roll. And like I said before, you can have multiple photo sources in one book and multiple people adding photos to one book. And every 60 photos um, that you post or choose are automatically printed. And then again, you can like include captions, dates, locations, all that stuff. And it's available in soft cover or hard cover. And there's no formatting, one picture per page. It's simple and plastic. And there's also custom books available in a six by six or eight by eight size. And here's the best thing. You love it or you get your money back. It's, it's really, truly the best. Um, so now I don't have to worry about like having to spend half a day, which I'm not going to spend it like automatically 60 photos, Instagram, I get it sent. It's really incredible. Um, and then I can show my grandchildren if I ever have them or my children. I doubt mm-hmm. it will. Um, so here's this great offer. You get your first series book free with promo code listen. So you just go to chatbooks.com slash podcast and you're going to get to download the chatbook app and you get your first series book free with promo code listen. So chatbooks.com slash podcast and like sign up, do the deal, blah, blah, blah. And then in the promo code box that they're going to show you, you get to just type and listen and you get your first series book free. It's free. Um, I think that's a pretty good deal. Um, and I'm excited to see what you guys think. So just let me know. Um, it's really fucking awesome. Like it really is. And I'm actually really excited for mine. I'm going to have a library, just a library of photos. Um, and yeah, I'm excited. Maybe I'll do like a series of religious photos. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like go to, go to other churches. Um, yeah, I don't know. Churches give you the heebie-jeebies. Are you okay in them? like I can appreciate a church now but it also depends upon the church yeah for sure like it really depends I used to play this game where if everybody had died and I was the only person left on earth um where would I go and what would I do and what I would do is that I would a um obviously learn how to fly a plane and I feel like I'd be able to do it and I would go to the Vatican and I would look through all their shit. Oh, that would be fun. I would fun. look through all of their secret pages, like yeah. the fucking like Fatima letters, you know? Um, and that's the thing that's also so fucked. And I think different between like the Catholic church and like everything else. Um, because there's no, there's no bigger church that's quote unquote more powerful and also like so fucking disgusting. You know, in terms of um, it, the fact that they protect child molesters right. the way that they do, and they hide them and they harbor them, and even there was like one in 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 my church, in oh, the God. church that I grew up, that they like shuffled a monsignor. Um, 
and that's what troubles me about religion. I think it's why I feel so strong. And I feel similar to the issue that I have with like the police force. It's just this blind allegiance and this, we protect our own at all costs, turning of a blind eye kind of thing that I think is very easy for the people in that position to just absolve themselves of culpability because they didn't technically do anything. They just kind of let it keep happening. And I think in powerful organizations like that, they're look what's happening with the Republican party right now, where it's like, once you get this tribe sense of like, it's, this is all about us and we protect each other and it stops being about protecting human beings in general is where I think you like run into trouble and where it becomes like this really like scary thing. Well, I mean, also let's be clear as to where the, the, the origin of, of policing started, you know, um, like police were, um, slave catchers. Like that's what they, they were a slave patrol. That's what the, that's, that is the origin of police. The slave patrol. Wow. White men that were catching slaves. Um, just like, you know, we talk about like, you talked about the Republican Party and like whatever and blah, blah, blah. It's, um, so I don't, I don't, <clears throat> and I can like hear people like getting up in arms and like whatever the fuck. And here's the thing. It's like, fine. You know what? Um. I've had my own personal experience with the police, even though I'm not a person of color, I'm not a woman of color and I will never have the experience that a person of color or a woman of color has with police officers. Right. I will never have that experience of fear, um, of possibly not coming home just simply based upon the color of my skin and a fucking dude with a fucking like gun Weapon. and a badge. Yeah. Like whatever the fuck, um, and and I'm very 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 much aware of that, and and with that too, it makes me feel even stronger in terms of. I've been terrified of police in my whole entire life. Same, like, and we are white girls, like terrified. Yeah, I also like I've had the experience. I had like a fucking stalker. Who was in the police force? That was, yeah, like, who yeah. was in the fucking police force. Um, and also had, like, another incident with my ex in Texas where um, we got pulled over in the middle of nowhere. And I mean middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And he asked what the nature of our relationship was. He asked for both of our licenses, which is not legal. Um and seriously, like, and we were together. Like, we were together together. But, like, we knew enough to say roommates. Um, and there was a serious, like, I, I, you know, when, when people say, you know, oh, stop overreacting, stop being so dramatic, blah, 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 blah. A, shut the fuck up. B, shut the fuck up. C, shut the fuck up. Seriously. Um, everyone needs to be reacting more. Because also it's like, just because it's not your fucking experience, don't take away from like somebody else's fucking experience just because it's not your fucking own. Yeah. Like again, shut up and fucking listen. (laughs) Um, and I really did have the thought like we very well might get raped right now. 
like we might both get raped. Um, and that wasn't me being over dramatic. Mm-hmm. That was like a very, the whole experience was absolutely terrifying. And I remember <clears throat> when I was with my, like I, whenever I would see a cop car, I would like pull over to a side street and like just wait because I, I didn't know. I, I like didn't know. I like didn't know. It just like absolutely, absolutely fucking terrifying. And, um, and again, I can't even imagine how it is to be a person of color. Um, that, you know, and, I mean, that's and the thing. So that we're like the baseline essentially, right? We're like, that's the, we're them, we're them treating us quote unquote. Well, I mean, like you said, it's unimaginable what people of color go through. I mean, it's, it's just disgusting and it's staggering. And I think it feels like a very specific violation because we are paying for it. But you know what? I'll tell you what. And this is what I think is very interesting. I'm not afraid of police women. No, neither am I. I'm not afraid of police women, but I'm definitely afraid of a man who's a police officer. The one time in LA that I had a police officer help me, this was so I was picking up my friend for surgery and I guarantee you it's not only a woman it was a woman of color she was white actually what else? but she was cool god damn it <laughs> sorry <laughs> but uh this guy I was parked in the driveway waiting to pick my friend to take her to, ho- to the hospital for surgery and this guy just walks up and he just bangs on my window he says move your car and I rolled down my window I said you do absolutely not touch my car you do not touch my property. Mm-hmm. You are absolutely not allowed to touch my car. And he got in my face and he went, I've banged on Mercedes before and this car is a piece of shit. And I looked him dead in the eye. And I said, if you don't get the fuck out of my face right now, I'm going to call the cops on you. And he just stared me down. And while he was staring me down, I called 911. The cops showed up within two minutes. A woman got out of the squad car, had him get to the ground and handcuffed him. And then she looked at me and she said, are you okay? I said, I'm fine. Thank you. And she said, you have a nice day. I mean, I have never had a helpful cop experience like that. Wow. Isn't that crazy? A, it's crazy that they came in two minutes. I know. When did they come in two minutes? But where were you? I was like on um, like Rampart and third ish. Is that like Beverly Hills area? No, it's like, um, below silver. Lake. what's that area? Uh, I don't know. Like below silver. Lake. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, and I, I think that this is this is the other thing where it's um, <clears throat> no respect is automatic. Respect is earned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I cannot stand in any way, shape, or form is any kind of abuse of power. And, you know, there's... There's, there's really, there's really, really, really something to be said. Cause I'll tell you what, like, I think the majority of police officers across this country, like are a bunch of like racist, bigoted fuckwads, um, that like you need six months of training and a fuck ton of other stuff, like even to become a beautician and do your nails. Right. And yet you can be fucking Joe Schmo with like barely a high school education that has like a chip on his shoulder and fucking become a police officer. 
You know, it's... You can have domestic violence offenses and they will still give you a gun and a badge. It's, it's, it, it's absolutely fucked. But again, but here's the thing, right? All of a sudden, most people are waking up like, oh my God, ba 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 But it's, what was this country founded upon? It was founded upon the brutal enslavement yes. of individuals. It's never been good. The entire fucking genocide of like a nations of people. Yeah. You That's know? the foundation. So this is the building we're in now. Um, and this is, and, and that is the fucking truth. I'm not fucking mincing words. You know, and like, no, like I'm not of like a person that like hates cops. You know what I hate? I hate what they fucking stand for. I hate, um, the, you know, and that was like a fucking, that was a reoccurring dream I used to have when I was a kid. Holy fuck. I totally forgot about this until this second, um, that I would be running through the New York city subway system with these cops chasing me and then the cops would turn in the Nazis. Oh, whoa. And then I would jump off the last car of the subway and I would end up in an open, open, open rail yard. And there would be a release of German shepherds and I would hear, I would hear their paws in the gravel getting closer and closer and closer. And I would feel the air as a German shepherd leapt for me and I was shot in the back shoulder and then I would wake up and it was a reoccurring nightmare that I had for like years as a kid. Really? Yeah. Did you watch like World War II stuff as a kid? No. Um, but like starting when I was like a teenager, I, I had become like obsessed with the Holocaust mm-hmm. um, because it was something that was so beyond compare like i i couldn't wrap my mind around how something like that could unfold and i can see it now very clearly how something like that could unfold and is unfolding mm-hmm. and you know everybody talks about fucking trump but i'm like really worried about fucking pence yeah it's it's that thing of like well, we obviously can't keep Trump, but then it's not like, oh, okay, well, we get to rest after that guy's gone. Because Pence is even worse. Well, because he at least has his wits about him. But then I go back and forth about what's worse because Pence is, like, terrifying, but he's almost like a Dick Cheney, like a familiar evil. No, 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 no. I mean, I, not in terms of reproductive I rights and gay stuff, no, but, like... I, see, but here's, but here's the thing when you say, like, in terms of reproductive rights and gay stuff, Right. Like those are separate things. Like yeah. those are like specialty category add-ons. And and for me, it's no. When you have somebody that advocates for, you know, um, gay conversion therapy, mm-hmm. which includes, you know, putting, uh, elect like electrocuting somebody's private parts, you know indoctrinating them terrifying them you know um because to be gay is wrong and again this brings us back to religion right or when you talk about reproductive rights and you talk about somebody that is is so um pro-fetus because i refuse to use the word pro-life i say anti-choice 
yeah, anti-choice, um, that women are, are dying and like countless women are dying. Like even now the, the death rate of women that are attempting to, um, self-induce abortions because they don't have access. Yeah. There's only one abortion clinic in Kentucky now. It's, and, and that to me is, um, absolutely, absolutely disgusting. And, and so I think those things are more dangerous and that's why I think he's, it's, he's more, that's why I think he's more dangerous because when you have somebody as extreme as Trump that a people voted for, right. But now you have the experience of people being like, I'm starting to regret and voting for them when they're going to build the wall. Yeah. When they're going to build the wall. No fucking shit. Wait a second. Now, like, I want (laughs) to get rid of that Obamacare, but wait a second. I can't afford to pay for my medication. Wait a second. I just want to rip off the, I just want to rip on the, (laughs) the black man's health care. That's not the Obamacare is not the same as the Affordable Care Act. They're two different things. They're two different things. Um, and guess I know I'm using a Southern mm-hmm. accent. I'm very aware of that. Um, what else? I don't care. It was to prove a point. It was. To we fully prove a acknowledge point. that there are Trump supporters in other states. Yeah, which is. <coughs> but I think what scares me so much about Trump. Is yeah, I mean, to me, in my mind, that stuff is happening anyway. Those human rights violations are happening anyway, and then on top of that, we've got someone who is so volatile and so unaware of the repercussions of his actions. Oh yeah, like fucking China. Yeah, that like it's, China just came back and was like, "Whoa!" And this is what's so funny with the fucking like they were like the emotional. They said something about Trump being so emotional, and yet. A woman can't be president right. because what about her period and her PMS? Right. And like very emotional. Like, fuck you. Can you guys all please take note of this so that we never have to hear this shit again? Like, fuck you. Can you imagine you if a woman was one-tenth that emotional in office? Can you imagine? I mean, and that was something I read. Did you read that profile on Hillary in New Yorker mag? Or in my mag? No. Um, I was really well written. Rebecca, Rebecca Tracer is the, is the author's name that wrote the article. But um, there's one part that it was so heartbreaking to me, but it was talking about um, the night of the loss and they left her alone. And then her aides came to get her to like give her concession speech. And they said that she was just sitting there in her bathrobe, but that she was very calm, like almost like unsettling how calm she was. Mm-hmm. And one of her aides said, well, that's when I lost it. Cause I realized like, this is a president, like shit is going down. And she just has her wits about her and is like, we have to think about what the American people want to hear right now. And we just need to think about that first. Yeah. And that's, what's so stunning about it is like, we, that woman was the opposite of like this overly emotional basket case. And you elected that. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's so it's, it's, it's really, it's really truly crazy. Right. Because there are so many, there are so many different, there are so many, so many, so many different, <clears throat> because Bill Clinton fucked up and she fucked up. Definitely. In the fucking, For sure. Especially in the fucking 90s. And then you like yes. talk about fucking drone strikes and you talk about like Obama and you talk about Obama's policies. You talk about like Clinton's policies. You talk about all the way down the fucking line. Like there's shit that's fucked up on both ends of the spectrum. Like, For sure. Like 
both parties. Yes. Like both have their hands like dirty. Like always and forever, all of them pretty much both parties. Yeah, like because, yeah. because again, like it, it comes back to power and whatever. And it's, and I bring this, I bring this up again and again and again to illustrate the fucking point that I don't know if you remember, but there was that like article or whatever, where that like guy that was an EMT that was making $15 an hour was like really pissed off that like somebody that was like in their words, quote unquote, flipping burgers was making $15 an hour. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people get so focused on like the other person. Yes. As opposed to listen, buddy, a both of you should be making a wage that enables you to live. Yes. And then you need to take that up with your employer and your hospital. Exactly. Because if you think that you like, Shouldn't be making fifteen dollars. And an he's hour. probably right. He probably should be making more. He should probably be making like fifty to one hundred dollars an hour. And that's why we need unions. You know, but well, why do you have to take this out? But I will say something even within that, girl. In terms of unions, like I'm a part of a union. Yeah, you know that. <clears throat> Unions are to a certain degree like corporations where they are, uh, where, where I'm, and I'm just going to like share this experience. So I have really bad arthritis in my jaw. Like it's bad and like it can, and you can tell from photos from like when I was 20, 21, 22, how like it like looks like I had a chin. <laughs> Um, and essentially what's happening with my face is that the bones are wearing down at such a rapid pace that like my jaws essentially disappearing. Wow. Yeah, it's fucked. And so I need to get like double jaw surgery, um, because I literally have bones in my face. I have like bone spurs in my face. Um, to the point that like sometimes I'll like have spasms that are so bad that I can't open my mouth and it's so close to like my eardrum that it feels like somebody is shoving and stabbing me with like a hot poker and my inner eardrum. It's the worst pain. It's really bad. And so I had found, um, like this doctor um, that was going to help me with my job. And I went through SAG, SAG Health. <clears throat> I gave them all the paperwork, gave them all the shit. And they'd approved, they, they said it was approved, said it was fine. And then all of a sudden, it wasn't. And they wanted more. And I'm spending like, $2,000 out of pocket that A, I don't really have in order to try to like get control of this because SAG, you know, with like their healthcare stuff, it's like, this is what we cover. This is what we don't. And it's very vague and it's like really fucked up. And then on the other hand, on the other side, 
you know, you have all of these, like, essentially it's what I've seen is that, um, what most people don't recognize is this, is that most actors are not making millions of dollars. They're not even making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like they're really, and like things like residuals are important, you know, where, and you're not making thousands of dollars in residuals either. Um, and SAG, especially with like what they have now, what, what they've supposedly gained for actors is bullshit. And they're a bunch of liars, you know, um, which is like why like elections are important and blah, 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 and all this shit. But it's, it's again, it's, it's, it's like the politics within politics. Definitely. And I mean, I think any, anytime you have an organization that big, there's going to be a certain level of bumbling and, and corruption, corruption and ineptitude and all of that for sure. Yeah. That said though, if we didn't have the union, I mean, look at non-union and how they're treated. I mean, there are certain protections that I think we take for granted having a union, even something like scale. I mean, there, there's so like you look at like a work day. I mean, like things like that where it's like at least there are those like minimal protections there. See, but and this is where I'm going to disagree with you because then you look at like new media contracts. And I now I like know to like everybody that's listening and are like, SAG, scale, what the <laughs> fuck is all this shit? Blah, 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 blah. So like there's all this other, there, there's all this stuff, right? So there is something that I just did that was under $250,000, right? Which is considered now new media. It's not considered a low budget or ultra low budget right. film. It was under the new media contract. So what that means is that I get paid $125 a day, Right. And you're going to be working. They say that you can't work more than 12 hours, but we all know that like you are going to be working more than 12 hours. You're going to be working between 14 and 18 hours a day. So for $125 a day, not $125 an hour, $125 a day. Which is about what a substitute teacher makes. 12, but wait. Are substitute teachers working between 14 and 18 hours a day? No. Six day weeks? Yeah. No, they're not. So like $125 a day and then you break that down into hours, that is way under minimum wage. Definitely. Yeah. Um, And so, and then like, like getting to see that you can have somebody that's like on a fucking like TV show considered like a recurring because they simply don't want to pay for series reg. Mm-hmm. Right. But they're in every single episode of the season, but they're still considered recurring. Right. Which I know it like then goes to like the producers and like whatever and blah, 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 blah. But I feel like if there were more protections via SAG where it's, if you are hiring an actor for 10 out of 12 episodes, they're not considered the recurring. That's a series regular. Yeah. That's a series reg or like supporting. Well, and I think unfortunately with that too, I think we're in this weird period where like, I think ultimately hopefully we won't have new media contracts because there's starting to be so little delineation between what the fuck is new media. Everyone watches everything on the computer. Like first of all, but, um, and with new media contracts, you don't get resid. Yeah. You don't get resid. That's certainly a crap deal. Still though, at and- least with below the line stuff, like, 
I just feel like my friends who work in like non-union reality shows, the way they're treated versus like my union crew friends, like, but you're also talking about, you're talking about your, and like you're talking about union union, crew. There's not really like a comparable talent in reality. Like it's a little bit of a different animal, I guess, than talent and like unscripted, but yeah. Um, yes, it's bad, but I think it's worse when there's no union involved. Well, you know what? Um, I think that varies. I think that varies case by case. Yeah, that might be. The, yeah, that's like probably, I, yeah. I, I because what I'm not going to do because I'm getting ready to shoot something as a director for something that is non-union, you know, um, and I don't care whether it's union or non-union as at least from like the director side and the producer side. Um, you treat every single fucking human being with with respect. Right. Um, and and also I've been on fucking I've been on fucking shows that are fucking union where people are treated like shit. Definitely. Because the problem is there's even with union, there's still that thing of like someone will take your job. Yeah, and not only and and that's and that's a thing. It's um, so to a certain degree, like producers, you know, really, really um, can be sadistic in terms of the power that they have, and then in terms of like supposedly like the union being behind you. It's it's almost like. A, is it worth it to call the union because, you know, are they really going to do anything? Mm-hmm. And then if they do or they attempt to, it's it's almost like a cop kind of like investigating a rape. Yes. Are you going to become the accused? Um, and then on top of that, like for me, like the biggest, the best part of the fucking union is like pension. Right. But like there's in SAG like it's it's so fucked right now it's it's so fucked what like the people that actually work for for SAG get versus like what we like the actors get um where it's we got like two percent and like the people that work there get like 3.5 percent really and they can retire at 55 and we as actors can't retire at 55 and there's um And so I, I guess I just feel like I, I believe in like the ideology of a union, like for sure in terms of protections, but I don't feel very protected by my union right now. And I that totally for, makes sense. And I haven't yeah. for a while. I yeah, haven't yeah. felt protected. I haven't felt like the union has had the backs of actors. I feel like it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. I feel like that's a lot of talk. I feel like it's a lot of bullshit. And I feel as though it's um individuals and there's like all these different campaigns right now with like all this different shit being like blah 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 blah. Like a lot of infighting and a lot of lies and a lot of misinformation. And I really truly do feel it's um That unions, A, there should be, like, a rotating steering committee. Mm-hmm. B, 
you know, it should be like there's something like in AA that they talk about, which, which is like the 12 traditions, right? And it's um, the group needs to come first. Like the individual, very close second, but the group needs to come first. And I feel as though um, the group has been very much forgotten. And it's really only become about like a handful of individuals. And yet it's it's disheartening to, I think, think or realize that that's probably the case with most things. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't that, I think when you're an empathetic person, it's this, I think it's a similar thing though. I get, and we were talking earlier about judging people. I get angry when people are like, well, how can you just accept that that's your reality when that's just your reality and you don't see those other people's. I do that because I'm an empathetic person. And so I'm like, how can everyone not be as empathetic as me? Mm. How is everyone not thinking about those things? But then it's like, that's not their reality. Yeah. That's not how they're experiencing the world. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I guess, you know, the only thing that I can ever truly get behind is my experience. Well, that's all you really know for sure. That's, and even then. Yeah, and even then, yeah. You know, um, <clears throat> well, no, like, really, that's the only, the only thing that I can really ever truly get behind is my experience. And if my experience is something that I start to question, or if my experience is something that I feel like, oh, no, ba 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 um, you know, then it's up to me to take actions um and it's usually to clarify a situation about a misunderstanding that I've had with another individual Mm -hmm. you know and I get to say I could be wrong however these are the feelings that and if I've stepped on your toes in any way please let me know you know it's um I I feel like that's that's really important and sometimes I I I don't know I just like feel like it's I take responsibility for my actions like I just actually like sent um an email to somebody because they had written something on Twitter and I quoted the tweet and then I'd written something really fucking snarky because that day I was just like, get thee behind me, Satan. Like, not today, motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. Like, fuck you. Like, just like a fucking, like, emotional fucking kamikaze. Oh, fuck. I hate kamikaze shots. I just, like, remembered them right when I said that. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to vomit right here. Oh, my God. Disgusting. I haven't had one in years. God bless people who can shoot vodka. Fuck no. Um... Oh, it's like a bad margarita. Oh, it it's is like, like the bad, worst margarita. This is a really good one. This is a really good I'm pr- I mean, you have some margarita skills. Thank you, my yeah. love. <laughs> and I didn't use any measuring tools. Oh, wow. I didn't. Did not. Well, that's the one. way to make a cocktail. Ain't fucking mess. It should be messy. You should cook and like make cocktails with with messiness. I think. Yes. Make the cocktail with messiness and then you yourself will not be messy. Exactly. <gasps> <laughs> But like, no, I had like, I had really in the moment I felt right. Like I felt like 
they had tweeted something about like asking for help with something. And I was like, don't expect us to do all the work for you. Like Google. Like, right. And I was so like righteous in my anger. Cause I just was like, I feel like when you get like a moment of like being like barraged by fuckery, you're just like, fuck you to like everyone and anyone in your like timeline or way. Um, and then they had responded and they said, what do you, what do you mean? I realized a, that I'd read the tweet wrong. Oh, oops. <laughs> yeah. And I felt bad. And then before I could do anything, they had unfollowed me. And I was like, and then I got indignant with that. And I was like, what the fuck? Really? You're going to fucking unfollow me. Like, okay, fucker. Like, you fucking asshole. Go right. fuck yourself. And that, to me, was even progress in the sense of that, like, if that had been, like, a year before, I would have been like, oh, my God. And, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, my God. I'm so, uh, what did I do? I upset someone. Yeah. yeah. Please like me. And I literally was like, fuck you. Like, yeah. All right. All right. We'd act like a little fucking dick. Um, but it stayed with me. Like, the experience stayed with me. And I had to really, and I mean like months, I had to like finally admit and like recognize, yeah, like you were wrong, Heather. Like, and you owe that person an apology. You owe them an apology because like you, you were on a war path that day. You were on like a self-righteous fucking fuck all even if it like faintly smells like misogyny, mm-hmm. like whatever. And, uh, and I wasn't seeing with clear eyes and, you know, and I lumped this individual together with, with everyone else. And, um, I sent them an email and I, I said, you know, like I, I regret what I did, like, and I, I owe you an apology and I shouldn't have treated you with such disregard and disrespect. And I asked if they desired to get together and they responded and they said, you know, I can handle a little snark, but what you did was hostile mm. and um, cruel. And I, and they used the words hostile and cruel like they, because they were really upset about the quote tweet, and I'd never thought about the power of a quote tweet, right? And what that does, you know. I just like, because you're someone who has more followers than them, probably. Yeah, and just, just like broadcast, yeah, 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 and and, and the way that they viewed it was, oh, like letting my followers, like, hey, everybody, like, like, look at this fucking guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, and they thought that was cruel, and they thought like my 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 response and my reaction was hostile and you know I really got to sit with that and accept that and not get defensive and be like well I didn't think blah 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 because the truth is is that it didn't matter at the end of the day the actions that I took resulted in somebody feeling very hurt and it really it really stung and their experience of my actions were hostility and cruelty. And it doesn't matter 
whether or not I believe myself to be hostile or cruel. It's how my actions were viewed by another. Mm -hmm. And then getting to look at that and. Okay, now I get to see that I do actually have the capacity for hostility and cruelty. And this individual is showing me a version of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me, like I, I responded and I just wrote, you know, like, thank you for that, that teaching moment. Thank you for that teachable moment. Thank you for being my teacher. Um, <clears throat> and so I guess like the, the point is, is that <clears throat> we can sit here and we can talk about unions and we can talk about healthcare and we can talk about the church and we can talk about all this shit, right? And also, at the end of the day, I know what I know for me. And even then, like, like you the said, more I think we, I know, yeah. the more I less, the, the less I know. And the, right. the, the less I know, the more I know. It's that it really is like the divine juxtaposition and the fucking whatever the fuck. I want to say onomatopoeia, but I think I just like that word. <laughs> um, really <laughs> onomatopoeia. Um, but really it's, 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 we're really all doing like, no, I'm doing the best that I know how to do for me. And what that looks like a few years ago is definitely not what it looks like today. Um, and that, I've stopped judging myself about the judgments I've had. Yes. That, and that is a tough one because to me, like knowing that you are, I think that's the part where I have trouble still is like in that situation where I know I've hurt someone, then that's where I really have a hard time forgiving myself. It's really like hard for me to not judge myself when I've acted like that. And like, I think I had like a yoga teacher once say something to me like, like let your mistakes be a platform that you stand on. And not something that you let sit on your shoulders. Yeah, stepping stones. Yeah. It's like, you know, you you have to have a certain objectivity and recognize it and look at it and let it be what it is and not be de- destroyed by it. Yeah. I mean, it already happened. Yeah. It is what it, I mean, there's really no sense in punishing yourself. I mean, it, you know, it's that punishment thing of like, why do I have to punish mm-hmm. myself about this? Why can't I just learn from this? Because punishment is, is, that's the thing with punishment. It's we need to teach you a lesson. And the only way that you're ever going to learn anything is through punishment, meaning emotional, physical, spiritual, or sexual violence. Mm -hmm. Like punishment equals violence to me. Oh, same to me. I think about spanking. Prison is obviously such a violent institution. I mean, war this goes back to the man thing, though, too. Well, fuck yeah. And it goes back <laughs> to religion. Yeah. Yeah. You know? and, and because before there was the God, there was the goddess. Like, and that is the truth. Um, because I'll tell you what. The, the, like, most powerful, the most powerful thing on earth is the vagina. It can make a person. And it can destroy a person too. 
<laughs> yeah, and that's why I feel like there's that like attempt at control. A hundred percent. A hundred percent attempting to control and neuter and limit mm-hmm. and um own and brand. Um, because it's and it's that's why I won't call anybody a pussy anymore. And I'll I'll call them a dick. When I'm referring to somebody that's weak. Interesting. Like stopping a pussy. Yeah. I will not stop being a pussy. I will not stop being the thing that can birth an eight pound fucking baby. Human being. I will not. I will not be like I. I will continue to be a fucking pussy because pussies are magical and powerful as fuck. Um. Let me see how that goes when I try to kick you in the balls. Well, and isn't it interesting that the verbiage that a pussy is yeah. a weak person and grow some balls? Yeah. When really, and th- I'm, I have I'm balls. They're just generalizations. Up. Of course, there are people. I don't mean to generalize it all over either gender, but I think that the gender archetype that is much more ruled by fear is the masculine one. Oh, of course, because they're terrified. Yeah, women aren't afraid of being viewed as masculine. Or at least I, I don't think by and large. I mean, I think it's. But that but that that's where you come into something that I think about like gender identity and fluidity. Yeah, that's true. Like being gender fluid where masculine, feminine and women are taught that they need to be feminine. Right. Mm-hmm. And men are taught that they need to be masculine. And what does that look like? And blah, 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 blah. And then you have somebody like me. Who like. At times, like, I felt like a fucking, like, 500-pound butch ogre. I'm not at all. But, again, God forbid you feel pleasure in the power and power in the pleasure. Right. God forbid you actually feel the power of your fucking pussy. And, <laughs> and for, like, that's... No, a, but for real, though, because yeah, the my, world will shift when everyone realizes the power of their pussy. And that's the thing, is that, like... 100%. And they know that. And my power comes from my pussy. Like, and but I, I, think, I don't... I also don't want to be exclusionary and say that, like, if you are a woman who doesn't have a pussy, it's not... I think... No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is this. I'm not talking, like, pussy, lips, clitoris, whatever. What I'm the, saying is, is that there are some people that their power source is from their solar plexus. For some people, it's from their heart chakra. For other people, it's their throat. For other people, it's like their third eye, crown, whatever. For me, my feet firmly planted on the fucking ground, my fucking hips, like my wide fucking hips, when I get centered and I feel that fucking power, like, it is a fucking surge from my fucking vagina. Right. Like, that is my fucking power source. So whether or not, like, you have, like, a fucking vagina or, like, whatever the fuck. But it's, like, that to me, like, is 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 from my power. And that's not where everybody's power comes from. That's okay, too. At least not primarily. I think everyone has some kind of... Um Obviously, everyone has a second chakra, so everyone has something. And I think some people have that very blocked. Yeah. Abs- uh, God knows I did for forever. Yeah. Like, you know, it's forever. Just, it's for me, it's my throat chakra, which is for a creative person, 
crazy. I, I don't know if it's blocked or if it's just always tired because I use it so much. Mm. I will just tell you this. I don't know if you can see my scar. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Faintly. <clears throat> so, um, and again, this goes back to everything happens for a reason. Because I've been dealing with my fucking jaw thing since I was, since 2000. 12 i have jaw issues too fucking christ yeah it's a nasty place to hold stress it's it, uh, yeah it's so bad <laughs> yeah <clears throat> so i had to go to an ent because i had a really bad gagging problem like a really bad gagging problem right. where i would just like not from sucking dick um because I just, I just like sometimes to get ahead of a fucking joke. Sure. And just be like, fuck you. <laughs> um, but anytime I would have a feeling that was strong, I would gag. Mm. And sometimes I would just like, if I was walking, oh, my sweet puppy, Henry Miller. If I was walking Henry and like, <clears throat> he all of a sudden like shit, but the shit smelled, I would like projectile vomit on the sidewalk. Really? Yeah, or any time that, like, I had a strong emotional feeling, I would either gag or I would vomit. And it was bad. And I knew it had something to do with, like, my jaw. Like, I knew that, like, th- th- there was something, mm-hmm. something really bad. Um, and then I, like, went to this doctor and, like, had to do this, like, MRI and this CAT scan. And they found, like, aside from the fact that I had, like, fucking arthritis in my face, that they thought that I had thyroid cancer. And they ended up taking out half my thyroid. Damn. Yeah. Um, and I thank God didn't have to be on medication. And they found out that it was non-cancerous and like whatever and blah, blah, blah. But I really do find that <clears throat> the reason that, that, that I felt like it was because I was so used to holding back my feelings. And I was so used to holding back my truth that um, I feel as though... It was a manifestation of choking on my feelings and my truth for such a long time mm-hmm. and not letting it fully come out. But it's interesting because that can manifest also in your heart chakra because you can be so covering your heart with your shoulders all tight like that, that that's where you can be like holding your truth. Hmm. I think you can have that in your stomach too, where you're like so afraid of your own instincts and your own truth there. So it is very interesting how for different people it manifests on different planes. Oh yeah. And I, I feel like it's, it's, it's ultimately all fucking connected. Like one leads to the other leads to the other leads to the other leads to the other. All I know is this. And then having dreams. That's the best. She's dreaming about. She's having the. she kind of heard me mocking her <laughs> now i feel like i have to be so quiet this is what i would be you have like really good dogs by the way in oh, addition to making good margaritas you. you have really good dogs well this and is i Heather's. meet a lot of dogs and that well like it's like uh, are they best friends now they're such best oh, friends they're best. such best friends and anaya's like i actually had this experience last night i was super stoned i was so stoned um <clears throat> and I don't mean stoned like, hey man, like whatever the fuck. Um, I was like having the experience of being in my body and getting to see how on some level I'm terrified of being in my body because I equate being in my body with 
the threat of actual death. Interesting. Well, because, yeah, you're being then attached to this thing that's... No, like being, like literally meaning that like, I I know where it's from. Like I know the origin of it. Um, but that like to lose myself in my body is, is, is to die. Mm-hmm. I can't, I need to be so hyper aware of my body and my surroundings and threats and everything because otherwise I'm going to die. Um, and I like was having this experience of like, like the complete opposite and really getting used to like being in my body in that way and feeling safe enough to lose myself in my body, like with my love, like mm-hmm. just being there mm-hmm. and like dogs were barking outside and all of a sudden Nanea was like, <laughs> and I, I, looked at her and I was like wow like she really is a protector of mine like I really do get to feel safe with her because I I've been having these experiences of obviously in like everyday life like obviously like I feel safe with Nene and I feel safe with Tagalong and I feel like safe with my love and like whatever some blah 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 and all this shit um but on like a very cellular level I think that when you have such a traumatizing terrorizing experience where um as a very 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 young person you don't know whether or not you are going to live or die um and that there is such a sense of helplessness and and um hopelessness and and fear and and there was a like f- flight, flight or f- fight or freeze, and there has been like a majority. There, there has been a quite a bit of me that has been in freeze mode my whole life. That's just starting to unfreeze, um, and feels safe enough to unfreeze. Um, <clears throat> but like the the point is, is that. Um, I personally believe that like every single experience ends up getting to be a gift. My experience, every single one of my experiences has ended up getting to be a gift. And like when I didn't know why I was gagging and I didn't know why I was vomiting everywhere, <laughs> and, like I wasn't shoving my fingers down my throat. Just every time I got upset. Right. Um, sorry if that sounded gross, <laughs> you know, so like, but I was like willing to do the work, you know, I was like willing to walk through the fear because it was the like, grow or die, you know? So like, and I, I found like the biggest thing once I got access to my rage, the gagging stopped. Wow. Like, the really, the gagging stopped and once I gained access to my rage and my anger. Like, once I gained access to my voice. Because that was just pent up. Yeah, because... And yeah, because and what happens when you can't say no? What happens when no possibly lands you in 
affects kind of trouble and it's easier to keep your mouth shut and just go along to get along and put up with what you have to put up with and endure what you have to endure and and um disassociate and detach you know um because you know that saying saying no isn't an option in that moment it's not it's it's um going along and getting along is is a is a preserver of life and a preserver of self and um and it took me like a long time to be able to get to the place where i i felt safe enough to feel unsafe enough mm-hmm. to finally start to like actually claim my no you know uh, you can't have a real no you can't have a real yes until you have a real no seriously like you cannot so true so true because that's the only way it becomes a choice yes absolutely <laughs> totally and realizing that has actually also helped me because i do have a tendency to overextend myself um because i think i also like i am just like a naturally very type a person i'm good at getting shit done so i feel like i have this obligation of like i just i can so i have to uh, i have to be no. like it's easy for me like i have to do this because it's easier for me than it is for that person but it's like Sometimes I find myself resenting that I'm doing things. So it's like either don't do it mm-hmm. and respect yourself for not doing it. Uh-huh. Or if you're choosing to do it, be grateful that I get to do it. If I'm not, if I can't be grateful that I get to help this person, then I shouldn't be doing it. Absolutely. You know, Amen. those are the two options. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Because then it, that is the ultimate fucking choice. Yes. And nobody's forcing you to do it. I'm choosing to. You're always choosing to. You are always in fucking choice. So you chose to be here. It better be because you wanted to be here. And I just want to amend that to you. Like in terms of like always being a choice. Well, I didn't choose this. I didn't choose that. I... I'm just going to keep this like very, very, very fucking simple and like very, very base. And I don't mean that in a condescending way, but I just know where my head can go, especially in order like when I feel off a cocta. I never chose to be raped. Of course not. I, I never chose to be locked in a closet. I never chose to be, you know, whatever the fuck. I never chose these things. I didn't choose them. And I will say this. My responses and reactions to those events in my life were the things that allowed me to quote unquote survive. When those responses and reactions to my life that helped me to survive were no longer working and in in essence turned and the things that were once saving my life were starting to slowly kill me. I needed to do the work. Um, tag along. Don't you dare. I see what you're doing. <laughs> don't you dare tag along. Come here. Come. Come. Tag along. You little wookie. Um, so, so I just want to be clear oh just dog, like in terms of like, <laughs> I know. So just like to be clear in terms of choice, 
I'm not saying like because I I know that if I heard that oh, coming huh, out, yeah, I know what like yeah, I would totally. automatically like. Well, no. I didn't choose to be raped. I didn't choose not. this. I didn't well, choose that. I hate Fuck you. I hate the verbiage that we use around. This drives me crazy. Of when they say it was her rapist, her rapist said it's like no. Uh, that's not that implies that she chose to be a part of that girl. And don't even get me started. Like an <laughs> sexual assault where it's like, take the word sex out of it. Sex is nowhere it. anywhere involved. No, there's nothing it's involved. Just, you can just go ahead and call it just assault. Or just rape. Rape Call is it fine. what it is. Call but it thing a thing. There's no sex involved. Exactly. I mean, those little things I think are so telling and so easily glossed over and so indicative no. of how we actually look at sexual assault. And then God forbid you tag along. Listen, we're talking about something very fucking important. I'm getting really fucking heated. Um, getting really fucking heated. Like, actually physically hot. Like, it's so hot in here. It's we really have to turn the air conditioning. Boob sweat up plenty um, up in here. Like, yeah, boob sweat, <laughs> like, thigh sweat. All of the sweat. So, like, tag along. Okay, I think tag along's like, listen, mom, this shit is done. <laughs> um, so... I'm just going to end on this note. Hey, will you just like come back? Can we like do this I again? I would love to. Yes. Like for reals, please. for reals. Yes, yes, yes. Um, because I can, I can just, I see it in Tagalong's eyes. She's like, bitch, you're done. Um, it's a fair point, Tagalong. And it is hot as fuck here. I don't know when fucking LA became New York in terms of humidity. Um, all right, everybody. Fucking Tess Barker, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful. And everybody, I'm just going to remind you chat books fucking like go to chat tag along i'm trying to do a thingy <laughs> chatbooks.com slash podcast promo code listen and you get your first series book free free it's not a car like oprah gives away but like it's something that's free and it's awesome and you can build a fucking library collection of photos when technology explodes and you're like, oh, my God, where are all my selfies? Where are all my pictures? What happened? Oh, my God, I don't have access to anything. And you're like, oh, my God. <gasps> Thank you, God, for chat books. Chatbooks.com. All right. Bye, everybody. See you next week where we're going to have fucking amazing guests. I'm so fucking excited. I'm like, holy fuck balls. Holy, holy fuck balls. Um, and, yeah, guys, I love you so much. Mwah. Bye.